The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. My name is Joni Siegel, and I'm the host for this podcast. My husband, Steve Siegel, is the producer of the podcast. If you have a story you'd like to share with us, please reach out to us either on our website, theaddictionpodcast.com, or our email, theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com. Just a reminder to please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you would be so kind as to give us a five-star rating, then when people are suffering from addiction or they have loved ones who are suffering from addiction, they will find us when they Google podcasts about addiction. Please also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a thumbs up on our videos and ring the bell so that you're notified when we put up a new video. Today's episode is episode number 327, and today we have an interview with a woman named Rebecca Kiesling. If you have been following any of the news and congressional hearings about fentanyl, then you've seen her. I don't want to tell you her story. I'm going to let her do it. So without further ado, let's talk to Rebecca Kiesling. Rebecca Kiesling, thank you so much for being willing to be on the podcast today and share your story with us. Thanks so much for having me. Can you share with us, um, how do I start, about your family? Tell us about your family. You have, how many children do you have? And some of, are they all adopted? Just tell us a little bit about your family. So I had three adopted children and three biological daughters um, adopted first. And um, all three of my adopted children are deceased. My baby Cassie died at 33 days old. She had a serious genetic disorder and a cardiologist took her off of oxygen when she wasn't ready to be. And there was more (sighs) medical malpractice involved. And so we went through a lot of, you know, tragedy then. Yep. And How long ago my, was that, Rebecca? How long ago? Almost 22 years ago. Oh. 23. Oh, gosh. Yeah, 23. Okay. Um, and then our two sons, uh, Caleb and Kyler, had the same birth mother. Um, Nicole, she was um, 16 when Caleb was born. She had been... Um, drinking during the pregnancy, we knew that early on because she said she never took a pregnancy test because she thought she was just having a hangover every day. So, um, and her birth mother, her mom who raised her was a drug addict. And um, we were told that she had done heroin. And her father, the birth mother's father and grandfather, both died in their 30s from heart failure, alcohol abuse related. So we knew that um, Caleb was, had a family history of, of abuse. and How did you um, know their mother? I'm just curious. How did, how uh, did you become you know, acquainted with her? She, through an attorney, there was a, another baby that I, actually I helped save from an abortion that I was going to adopt. And then she backed out and her lawyer then a few days later said, well, a 16-year-old girl just stepped forward. Are you interested? She's due next week. We found out the morning she was born that she picked us and we brought him home the next day. And then um, we found out that I was friends with her aunt. 
Mm. And actually, her grandparents were pro-life activists. So um, it was kind of a small you know, circle in that respect. So we ended up having an open adoption. Okay. And so we knew when she was pregnant again. And we knew something wasn't quite right. She was seven months and not showing. Mm. And we gave, we gave her a crib and didn't know what exactly was going on. But then when he was um, two months old, we called to get the boys together for a photo, you know, it was just after Christmas. And um, we found out that day that the baby had been taken away and it was in the news that night. His biological father was high on heroin and tried to drown him. Oh my God. Yeah. And was that Kyler or Caleb? Kyler. Kyler. Oh. Yeah. And his biological uncle. Um, oh my God. Re- revived him and, so eventually facing trial on, on the child abuse and neglect charges um, where they kept faltering on their drug testing and everything and fleeing rehab, um, they finally consented to us adopting Kyler so he could be raised with his brother. So we got him when he was a year old. Okay. And, you know, um, she tested positive four times during her pregnancy, including a um because she had shoplifted early in the pregnancy. So including a day before, um, a week before he was born and they let them take him home from the hospital, you know, which wasn't right. Um, wow. So he was, he was pretty haywire. Um, he had, you know, was diagnosed as ADHD and at a young age, someone told me, it, you know, sensory dysfunction or sensory integration disorder. So I did like holistic treatments for him, tried to do everything I could um, to help. You know, they kept saying that, you know, oh, we'd take heroin any day over cocaine that and over crack, that those babies, like, they're fine. Hmm. But he, you know, he, um, he always struggled. He struggled with impulsivity hmm. his entire life. Um, we had so many trips to ER, um, pretty death-defying. Wow. Um, he drank a bottle of Benadryl, you know, we had it locked. He climbed and got the key. I mean, and then he climbed and unlocked, I mean, three years old, Wow. he wasn't even talking and he could climb unbelievable climber. <laughs> um, he also, uh, drank a bottle of allergy medication, you know, and then, um, he almost chopped off his toe once oh. with a, oh a pickaxe in the garage. And I mean, just all kinds of um, serious stuff. He was an incredible athlete, um, fearless. So I, I used to teach gymnastics, so I taught him to him, like, he's just absolutely fearless, incredible skateboarder, um, taught himself to ride a bike at three, didn't know how to break, <laughs> but he could, he could ride a bike. Wow. Um, and he, he was a gross motor kid, not a fine motor kid. Caleb was the opposite. Caleb was um, a fine motor kid, very intellectual. He could say... Um, over 80 words at 10 months old. Wow. Uh, he was a big reader, you know, played chess, um, really excelled in academics. I homeschooled them. And and my three biological daughters that I had after them, I, I homeschooled them all until Caleb was in seventh grade. Okay. And did did they experiment with drugs that you know of? So their addiction started with um, 
vaping in okay. middle school. Interesting. Nic- yeah, nicotine was their first addiction. And okay. it, and Caleb said it was actually their birth mother's uncle, who was three months old, three years older than him. He's the one who introduced them to vaping. And um and just kind of fast forward, his uncle would you know, was at their funeral. And so it was their birth mother. He died a month after them. He was found with a fentanyl patch. He was doing fentanyl on purpose. And their birth Mm. mother died six months after them. Wow. Wow. It's Um, interesting you say that he started with vaping. You know, we've had people on the podcast talking about vaping and how you get such a higher dose of... um, tobacco from vaping then you can never nicotine thank you that you can never get from just yeah. smoking a cigarette which of course and is it, horrible. it was a gate i would warn them all the time that it was a gateway yeah. drug they got yep. more warnings than any kid ever i'm sure i'm sure because yeah. i had a lot of really cruel people in the past month since i testified before congress who have, you know said what kind of a mother raises her children to do drugs or what kind of a um, mother thinks it's okay to be doing Percocets. Like, what? Are you crazy? Like, yo, you didn't teach them? Problem is, you know, bad parenting. And then you've got the Mexican president saying, I, I didn't hug them enough. Like, oh my God. Just, that is such bullshit. Excuse me. Now I have to put on the podcast, it's not clean. But that's just so offensive to me. You know, that's offensive that people would say that to you. That's just, yeah. that's just wrong. And there's people who would say that they should have been aborted. There's people who are saying I should have been aborted. There's people who are saying that, you know, I should be the next one to die. God, I mean, you got to wonder about some people. Sometimes the hardest thing about getting someone into recovery is getting them to agree to treatment. Bobby Newman, a certified drug counselor with 30 years experience and an over 85% success rate as an interventionist, has created a series of 12 videos that you can use right now to learn every step to get your loved one to agree to treatment. Call 866-989-4499 today. And say the word podcast to get a 10% discount. Or go to newmaninterventions.com and type in the word podcast for a 10% discount. This service comes with a free one-hour consultation with Bobby. So tell me, um, okay, started with vaping. Did they do other and, and drugs? Just, just one more thing Sorry. about the vaping. Yeah. Um, Kyler, he would try to go off it for wrestling, and he did different times. And he would tell me that he had the worst headache, that he would be sick throwing up for three days, getting wow. off the tobacco, getting off the nicotine. It, he he said it made him angry. It made him jittery. It, I mean, it totally affected their relationship with us, with others. It's a gateway drug in every respect because it, it creates a, a substance, you know, addiction, a chemical dependency. Well, and that um, should tell our listeners something that if you think that vaping is better for your child than just going and buying cigarettes and smoking, you need to think again. Yeah, and it shows that they're vulnerable to people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And impulsive, and you know, uh, so they, my my girls have never done any of this, right. um, but my boys, you know, we're vulnerable. There's a lot of peer pressure, and it's really bad at the schools. We're in one of the best school districts in the country, mm-hmm. 
you know, it's not like, oh, we're a bad neighborhood or anything like that. And um, and we're a middle class family. Our kids didn't have access to 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 cash. You know, it's not like, oh, we're just, you know, oh, they have these problems because they're a bunch of rich kids and the kids just give parents give them money. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, I made sure that that they didn't have that kind of access. I did everything I was supposed to as a parent to shut this down. Um, right. to, you know. I waited a long time before they got phones and then checked their phones. And then, you know, they started, they outsmarted us. I mean, it was, mm. it was tough. Um, well, and you can't be with them 24 seven. Yeah. You I can't. was when I was homeschooling. I wish I'd never stopped homeschooling them. Honestly, wish but I'd it, never gotten the phone. And, and I, and I get that, but at some point they're going to go out there, Rebecca. I mean, you cannot be with them 24 seven. You just can't. Yeah. So it um, it taught them how to lie. It taught them how to steal to support it. Mm. It taught them how to even deal in the vaping in order to support it. Um, so it, it was a gateway drug in, in every respect. It learned, It taught them how to get things illegally. You know, it's not legal yep. for kids to have, right? No, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's 100% a gateway drug. And so did they do did they do other drugs that you're aware of? I'm I'm yeah. leading up to what yeah, ultimately then marijuana. happened. Yeah, Okay. No, and there was a whole, you know, battle here in Michigan to legalize marijuana and eventually like it became legal. Okay. So it was all like, "Oh, stupid parents, what do you know? It's not a gateway drug. You're so dumb." Like, I mean, that's, you know, what all these kids are saying, right? That's right. Um and you know, I learned, I, I mean, gosh, the whole vaping thing. I, I didn't even know what a cartridge was. I didn't know what it looked like. When I saw it, it looked like some kind of computer thing because, you know, not all of them are long. Like, you know, some of them are like these short little car. It looked like a computer device. Like a USB stick. It, yeah. Yeah. I had no clue what it was. And 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 they got away with that, you know, hiding it. Um, And then... Then, you know, learning that they can add other things can be added because the right. school held something on it. They had the sheriff deputy bring in the parents to try to educate everybody on these issues. Yeah. And um, so I learned that they, you know, put in things like Molly and THC. And I mean, sure enough, they were putting yeah. THC in it. Uh, and then it was like, um, found marijuana. I went to the school, went to the sheriff's deputy who's there at the school every day. He told me if I bring it in, um, you know, they'll have to prosecute. And he's like, you don't want to do that because then as parents, um, the it's like $300 a night or more to stay in children's village and the juvenile detention. I mean, it was like, there's no resources for you. I asked for mm. help and there were, there were no resources. They never gave us anywhere to go for rehab. Never once told me warnings about um, fentanyl yeah. or Narcan. Like, did you know that this is going around? Did you know that? Like nothing. And yeah. I was the active parent. I, you know, I was there. I gave them everything they needed to shut down the vaping trade that was going on in the school, who the dealers were. I gave them everything they needed. Wow. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then they, they, the only thing they offered was Kyler was taken by my ex-husband to... Um, the county jail, they had sort of a scared straight program where 
you know, you go in there, you tour the jail and you meet with some inmates who try to scare them into ever getting into trouble. Right. Right. So, um, but you know, the times that they did get in trouble with the law, um, again, none of them warned me like, you know, right before they, they died, they, um, I can't even say that word. Gosh, it's so hard. I know. I'm sorry. I, um, I'm sorry. Yeah, they'd been arrested for for um, trying to break break into a jewelry store. It was really just, they just kind of playing with the door, and same thing a truck at the jewelry store. They didn't actually break in, but you know there was video footage of them, and um, so the. Um, and we had reported them when they stole from us. We tried to get them arrested because I didn't know what to do. And and my ex-husband heads up Celebrate Recovery at church. Okay. He became an alcoholic. Like, we had been warned, don't ever have alcohol in the house. It's so important not to have. Like, and they, they started drinking, you know, after he got sober. Um, but he, my son, Caleb, was the one who told me that dad was passing out every night and that he had mm. driven under the influence, you know, and. So I had to give an ultimatum. He stopped drinking, never drank again, and been in it for several years. And he became the head of Celebrate Recovery. Okay. It turns out they don't even have, well, they do now at the local one. But before they died, they didn't have resources. Yep. And and it was all like, well, you have to want to go to Celebrate Recovery. But they had no resources for medical rehab. They didn't have any Narcan training at the time there. They didn't talk about fentanyl. They didn't, like... And there, that was a, you know, a recovery organization. Right. National. Right. And he would go to the national meetings and they weren't talking about Narcan and, and fentanyl and all that. You are listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information on the podcast or to reach out, if you have a story you would like to share with us, go to our Facebook page by the same name, or you can email us at the addiction podcast at yahoo.com or go to our website, the addiction podcast.com or call us at 727-314-7080. And please remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star review. I mean, so yeah. I kind of relied on him to help get resources. Um, but when, you know, when the, a police officer told me that my son had admitted to have been under the influence of Xanax. The, the detective didn't warn me, didn't tell me, you know, that's not real Xanax. Like my, I have a family member, you know, who, who had been on Xanax and I knew it's for anxiety, but like, I didn't know it was anything that could kill them. My my son had told me that he first got hooked on Xanax and 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 like pain meds in ninth grade when mm. kids were bringing it to school from their parents' unlocked medicine cabinets. So I made sure we didn't have any of that in the house. When my ex husband had shoulder surgery, he had a port. We made sure he had no bottles. Like right. we didn't have any pills in that. Nothing like that. And um, I heard of the opioid epidemic I, I knew that like it destroyed lives because people couldn't function they couldn't work right but i didn't know it could kill them 
Right. Like you didn't hear that people were dying from that. Right. Um, I, you know, did everything I could to try to prevent this. When my son had knee surgery, I, again, made sure no opioids, absolutely no opioids. Um, because I knew that they were at risk. Yeah. But I, I didn't know about, you know, that Xanax isn't Xanax and that there's a Tizalam, like this, you know, benzo that's only legal in three nations. Like, I, I've learned so much since. Right. So what happened with the boys? Tell us what happened. So they got in trouble and they, they got clean in jail. I didn't bail them out. They had an $8,500 bond. And like not bailing you out, you know, this is, I'm so glad you're safe. Like I was happy that they were safe and Caleb immediately repented and just was, you know, crying and said, mom, you're my superhero. You always cared. You always inspected our room, you know? And he's like, just please don't ever abandon me. Please don't ever abandon me. He said he wanted to, um, he, he started doing, um, actually like celebrate recovery um, Bible study while in jail. And he was quoting scripture. I'm more than a conqueror. Conqueror, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And he's like, I'm going to overcome this. He's like, I don't want to have to do probation. I just want to stay here and stay clean. But it was COVID, right? COVID had just hit a couple months before. And um, Kyler was furious. I wouldn't bail him out. So he was like, calling me names and, you know, really like chaotic. And then two weeks later, he suddenly got clean and he calls me and he's like, Ma, and he's like, I'm completely clean. He's like, even the nicotine's out of my system. My face is clearing up. And he said, I'm in here with people who had the worst childhoods. Um, they grew up with abuse and, you know, terrible neighborhoods, um, full, homes full of drugs, and the parents in prison. And he said, you raised us right. And he started crying and he's like, I had the best childhood. I have so many good memories. We did so many cool things and went to so many fun places. And he said, I'm so glad you adopted me. Mm. And, um, you know, they were going to be okay. I was so glad. And then there was this organization that won a lawsuit against the jail. And so they um, were bailing people out. And they said if they could get the judge to reduce bond to 1500, they would bail them both out. And I begged them, please don't, please don't. My boys are safe. Please don't. And, um, you know, probation, all of that. The, I, I talked to everybody, begged everybody, please don't do this. And they went ahead and did it anyway. And I and the judge reduced the bonds, and I said, um, you know, they need rehab. And they said, well, okay, we great, we get state, federal, local, county funding, and for rehab. And so, yeah, but they didn't give Kyler rehab; they gave him tether. And they what's that? Um, what's that? Tether that he had an electronic box oh, on his okay. ankle. Okay. So he was staying with some kid, like. 30 minutes away from us. Um, a kid who I'm pretty sure had overdosed before. I didn't realize it, but I, after the fact, I realized who that kid was. But um, And then Caleb was sent to rehab. 
the problem is that it wasn't real rehab. I didn't know the difference. It was a flop house. Okay. It was just another halfway house. And here they are getting all of the federal funds and state funds that are supposed to be allocated for rehab. It's right. not rehab. Right. The only thing that, that you could even remotely describe as rehab, Caleb told me, and, and I went to visit the place. The only thing they had is they had um, group meetings once a day. Okay. You know, like a group session and you could talk or not talk. And that was it. Hmm. That's it. Um, it. People are dying and this is the, the rehab they're off. So every time like anybody talks about like politicians talk about money for, I'm thinking you're wasting your money. I, I actually said that when I testified before Congress, because I know where the yep. money's going. There's no oversight. Nope. And I, I, I would love to see real rehab being funded, but I didn't know the difference and most people don't. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's also nothing that requires, you know, police to warn parents and then, and, or for hospitals, there's HIPAA laws. So you don't get warned if your kid overdoses, you know? Um, so I, I was in the dark and, um, you know, they would go for walks and there were guys in this terrible neighborhood who would buy drugs while they would go out for their walks while they're in this rehab. It's bad. And then, um, so Caleb was clean for a while. And so was Kyler. Um, his girlfriend was like, was told me after the fact what happened, but then suddenly he deteriorated and Caleb started to deteriorate when my ex-husband kind of set him up with a car. So, um, and I'm like, why, why are you giving him a car? They're supposed to be working. You know, he's out of rehab. He's at Caleb's home. And um, they're under court order, you know, that they're supposed to have to work and go to testing and all that stuff. And it was COVID. And Caleb said, why should I work? I'm making more money than I've ever made before from the government, right? Making money. I'm like, that's not earning money. You know, they both worked in a, in restaurants and my daughter went back to work right away in the restaurant. Um, so the government encouraged young men to stay home and do nothing and paid them for it and paid for their drugs. Caleb, we actually controlled his funds. Um, Kyler, I don't know what happened. The money has gone as far as I know, but I thought my ex-husband had been controlling it. Um, but he got this girl to give him some money. And this is the girl, I guess, who I found out after the fact that she had given him money. His, his girlfriend knew not to give him money. Everybody knew, you know, don't give him money. Right. Um, Caleb, the day he got a car, he went and got some kind of drugs. He told me it was just marijuana. But I knew, like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And I asked him, are you doing Xanax? Like, what's going on? And um, I, he asked me to go get Chinese dinner. I went off and came home. And he was sitting in the driveway in his car. And then he suddenly backs out, goes up into our neighbor's lawn, and takes off. And I start calling around. And um, now it's... You know, I'm calling him. Where are you going? He's like, I'm going to my friend's right around the corner. He didn't make it there, didn't go. And um, it was a couple hours later. I And my ex-husband was out of town. So I, a couple hours later, I get a call. He's in jail. 
he'd mm. been arrested for driving under the influence. And I'm like, thank God he's okay. Did you hurt anybody? Everybody's okay. I'm like, okay, thank God he's behind bars. We had been calling like probation to come pick him up. They said they weren't doing that. They knew he was in violation, but um, it's COVID and his hearing's two months away. We, we have a hearing set. I'm like, you have to come get him. He needs help, please. Nothing, no help. And um, so I'm like, thank God he's behind bars. $150 bond. Like what? You aren't taking him to county jail? He's violating probation. You should see his, like, you're not going to take him to county jail. And so, no, I'm not bailing him out. My ex-husband wouldn't. My other son was screaming at me. They called their birth mother who had been in jail with them. They hadn't seen her in months, in, in years, in six years they hadn't seen her. But they had noticed her in jail. And she called me chewing me out. What kind of a mother doesn't bail her kid out for $150? I'm like a mother who loves her son. He could have died driving under the influence. So anyhow, she bailed him out. And um, eight days later, you know, is when they died. Um, the day before, my daughter was told by her cousin that Caleb had posted pictures of pills on Snapchat. And so everybody was scared. Um, we knew that he could get, you know, violent when he was doing what we thought was Xanax. And so I called my ex-husband and um, I said, take him to rehab. He needs rehab. And he's like, well, I don't know where to take him. It was like in the afternoon. He's like, I'll take him to a hotel tonight. Kyler needs to go too because he can't stay where he's staying anymore. He has to leave today. And I'm like, you can't take him to a hotel. Like, you can't leave them there. They they have to be, they're, they're not supposed to be together. They're under court order. They're not allowed to be together. You have to stay with them. And he's like, I must stay with you staying with them. I'm like, I'm afraid. And um, like, he should know, you know, to get him to rehab, stay with them. Well, he took him to the hotel and um, found out five months later that, because, you know, I, I didn't know when all these young people were there. There were five of them there. Um, one girl didn't ever take the fake Percocets with the fentanyl. She apparently woke up in the morning and saw the four people, called her friend and freaked out thinking everybody's dead. Her drug dealer boyfriend, turns out, got revived with Narcan, but she didn't call the police. She waited the whole day. And the girl who was there, 17-year-old girl, Sophia, her parents, um, she was missing. She lied, told her parents she was at a friend's house, and they couldn't find her. So they used, like, phone tracking to find where she was, and they were, thought they were just doing, like, a peace, like, officer, like, check. And um, that's when the girl came down. Uh, and said, there's a Sophia in my room. And she took the police up there, didn't come out for a while and came out crying. And then she claimed that she didn't know that they were all dead, but she had called a friend earlier in the day and said, mm. she thought there, so she let them die. Like they could have been saved with Narcan potentially, but she just sat there and did nothing. And then my ex-husband, I'm like, and when did all these young people arrive? I found out five months in that, um, this girl testified at a preliminary exam, and that's when I found out they were all there at 5 p.m. when my ex-husband checked them into the hotel the day before. 
And the room was in her name because he didn't want to be liable for damages. Um, Because he knew they were all high. Uh, Wow. um, So her dad chewed him out at sentencing. You know, what kind of a man? And and this guy got a plea deal of 8 to 15 years because the prosecutor said that they felt a jury would be more upset with him because he should have been the responsible adult. Um, yep. You know, he's, he's, he's father to my three daughters. Like, you know, um, wow. I mean, this is kind of why, this is why I divorced him because of all the sort of enabling. Yeah. Um, and I know he has a lot of regrets that he's got to live with. Um, but I have a lot of regrets too. And you've got three daughters to raise. Yeah, and let me tell you, people say, oh, you can't blame yourself. It's all hunts. I'm like, you know what? No, if I knew then what I know now, I would have done so many things differently. Of course. And Caleb, you know, our last words ring, you know, he's like, what's this, mom? You're all upset with me. And I said, I'm so worried about you. I told him a lot of people are worried about you. And I threw my arms around him and I just said, I love you so much. And he said, I love you too, mom. And I just said it again. I love you so much. And he said, I love you too, mom. And those were our last words. And Um, I think of the stupid president of Mexico saying I didn't hug my kids enough. I'm so sorry. He knew how much I loved him. Yeah. I just, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know the risks. I didn't know that they could die. Yep. Well, you know about fentanyl. I never heard of fentanyl. And what a horrible way to find out. I mean, I don't, you know, the reason we do this podcast is because we don't want parents to go through what you did. And we have to get the word out there to parents that when their kids are quote unquote experimenting with drugs, they run the risk of getting pills that are laced with fentanyl more often than not and dying like Caleb and Kyler. These are not overdose deaths. These are poisoning deaths. These are, as you said in your hearing, this is murder. This is not. Caleb was going to be going into the Navy. He had scored a 90 on the PCAT test, which means 90th percentile. And that was a year and a half after graduating. And he hadn't been doing any school since he'd just been working, um, cooking in kitchens. He, he loved cooking. And so he decided he would go into the Navy and um, he had his life set. I mean, and then he said he didn't go because he was worried about Kyler. Mm. And um, that was, that was the fall before. And then when he got out of jail, he said that, he couldn't go into the Navy because he hadn't, like, reported it. So he was going to look into another um, branch of the military. But he said to me that he didn't want to go. He said, I don't want to go into the Army or the um, Marines. He said, because I don't want to die. Like, he didn't want to die. Yeah. And um, the day after they died, my ex-husband found there, um, they had each written something. So Kyler had something he wrote in jail with his 17 point goals. 
And he wanted to be free from nicotine. He wanted to be free from drugs. He wanted to have a great relationship with us. He wanted to make something of his life. He didn't want to follow in the footsteps of their birth mother. He, uh, He had graduated the day before he died. So that was the deal they thought they were celebrating. Uh. And um, Caleb had refound his, um, he had written a long testimony. It was like two pages, like tiny print. This is what he wanted to be sharing in schools and churches to tell people why not to do drugs. And um, I read some of that before Congress, but he absolutely believed that he was, you know, he said that my, my failures don't even begin to define who I am. Right. He said, I'm so much more than that. That's still true. Yep. Still true. Yep. Yep. So and he talked about it again, like, you know, be able to overcome it and that he's going to, you know, have a great life. And it was like two months before. They just, they didn't get the help that they needed. Right. But they wanted to be free. They desperately wanted to be free. But when fentanyl's getting added to everything, it's so powerful. Yep. It's not like, you know, people who experimented with, you know, different drugs when they were younger. Like, you know, you barely stand a chance. Yeah. And I need to like, I don't want to give, you know, make it hopeless. Because I know people who have gotten clean from it. They, they have friends who got clean from it now who said that their deaths caused a movement yep. in our area. Well, and you have not been sitting there being the sad mom. I mean, you have been in front of Congress how many times now? Um, once. But once. I, but it's all over the news. That, yeah. that one was a big deal. Well, because I, I went all mama bear. Yes. Because I was so furious at the Democrat who spoke right before me, Benny Johnson, he, Benny Thompson. He's the um, ranking House member. Mm. So from the minority party, right, you know, they call him the ranking House member on the committee. And he had five minutes before I spoke. And I just, it just started to boil up in me when he starts talking about, you know, xenophobia and racism and that this is a nation who welcomes people across our border. And, um, you know, we shouldn't be living in fear. We need to be welcoming people. That's who we are. And, and um, that there's people, you know, why are they coming? They're seeking refuge. They're seeking help. And, and, you know, we need to protect them. And, and he started talking about Trump separating children from their parents and you know and i'm thinking dna like they can be reunited yeah you know that's yeah separate, yeah right? yep i will never see my children again <laughs> on earth here on earth yep and, and unfortunately like inside of me. and unfortunately you're not alone this is happening in alarming numbers because of the amount of fentanyl that's being manufactured in Mexico and brought over the borders. There are parents out there, so many more, who have experienced what you have. And 
you know, this is not overdose steps. This is poisoning. I, honestly, I have not been. People think, oh, you're an activist. You're really active. You know, and people were telling me this is going to be your new cause because, you know, I have been an activist for yes. the pro-life yes. issue. Yeah. Um, but I, I was like, I wanted to die, you know. Yep. It's still hard. Every day is a battle to survive. Yep. How long ago did they die, Rebecca? July 29th, 2020. 20, yeah. So it'll be three years in July. And every day, like, I was just doing everything I could to survive. I mean, I first I was like reading, I was thrown into these support groups on Facebook. And it was the month of August. So people were making these purple chairs for overdose awareness. And I'm thinking, you know, they're creating kind of shrines for their children. It was really sweet and touching. But I was thinking, I don't ever want to have a purple chair. I don't want to remember them for how they died. I want no. to remember them for how they live. My girls don't want me talking about their deaths. They, they're happy to talk about happy memories, but they do not want to hear anything about their deaths yep. and, the, and the loss. You know, they're trying to cope. And, yep. um, and they were all close. I had five kids in seven years. Yep. And, um, you know, I, I was in support groups, like, um, for, um, grief share, you know, I don't mm. know if you know grief share. No. So I was in a group with other parents who lost their kids and I was in Christian counseling and I was listening to the book heaven. Um, but it was all in front of my face. And like, after three months I was having stress tremors, panic sex, and I wasn't going to make it. And they're like, well, the treatment for this, my doctor's like, is Xanax. Like, I'm not taking Xanax. Yeah. No, that's but, not going to happen. Yeah. No. And so I, he's like, well, you have to do something or yeah. you're not going to, you're, you're not going to have a say you're going to end up hospitalized. You want to have a say. So I started like training, you know, running and, and then I decided I was going to do triathlons and now I've been doing gravel racing and I've just been, honestly, I've been doing everything I can just to survive. Yeah. Um, so I haven't been an activist, but because, you know, of, of my past activism and because um, their story was high profile because three people died. So it yeah. was like sensational. Yeah. There was another kid who died in our hometown the same day. Didn't make the news. And then I find out about all these people in our area who have died. I never heard of it. Yeah. Not once. And so um, it gained the attention of Congressman Green. And so he interviewed me for a podcast last summer. And then we got invited on Fox News. And then he told me, he promised me, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to do something. So when, you know, Republicans gained control of the House. He his very first hearing ever as a chairman um, of Homeland Security Committee was this hearing on the border. And I got invited to testify and it went viral because I went all mama bear because I was really pissed. Yep. Justifiably so. Rebecca, if you had one message to give to any parents or kids even that listen to our podcast, what would it be? What would you tell them? What, based on what you know, no. What would you say? Okay. First of all, um, vaping's not safe. Not okay. Um, get help for that. Number two is, um, you know, no phones for kids, you know, till they're a certain age. Um, because Snapchat, TikTok, they're all, this is where all the drug dealing's happening. And um, I've heard more about like, you know, they have these symbols, these bricks 
that represent, oh, you can get fake Percocets and that, you know, that, that this is how they get hooked. They're inundating with them as they watch things on Snapchat. Yeah. Um, and then um, there's no room for experimentation at all. And don't take a single pill or anything from anybody. I'm meeting parents now whose kids died from fake Adderall, you know, everything. And it's a, uh, I just met a parent whose child died because they were given fake Tylenol. Oh my God. And another parent I met, um, their child was clean and somebody put it in his drink, Ugh. you know, and we know that it's like the number one cause of death. Now kids ages one to seven, there was that baby who died in the Airbnb in Florida because somebody had a, a cocaine party the night before. Like it, it's everywhere. And, um, Get real medical rehab, you know, find places where, where you can get that, like dig for it. Um, yeah. You know, in my area, there's like families against narcotics and they can give people information, make sure you have Narcan, but Narcan doesn't work against Trank. You know, they're putting Trank now. Um, it's a horse tranquilizer. It's also flesh eating, but they're mixing it with fentanyl. So fentanyl strips don't work mm. to detect fentanyl. And um, Narcan doesn't work when it's added with Trank. So if you're relying on Narcan will save me, like it's still good to have Narcan in your home. um, But you you need to get real rehab. And there's no room for experimentation, no No. room from taking anything from anybody else, even if you know them. Yep. I think that that's key, you know, and hopefully the parents who listen can ding that home with their kids that, you know, you think it's not going to happen to you, but it's like Russian roulette. I mean, why don't you just go get a revolver and spin the, spin the barrel? It's Russian roulette. Even the pot shots, shots, you know, they're in Pennsylvania. These guys dropped from fentanyl poisoning um, and were revived with Narcan, but it was in THC gummies at a tobacco shop. You know, I I don't trust any of them. No, none of them, you know, um, and there, there's people who think, oh, we, we can legalize um, narcotics. And if we legalize narcotics, they'll be safe. Like the, the guy no. who was testifying from the Cato Institute. When, when fentanyl is given by doctor, it's in hospitals during surgery. And there's like an anesthesiologist present to make it's sure you don't die. Regulated, we're, we're, yes. We're, yeah. So what we're going to have, we're going to have rooms where we have anesthesiologists lined up. So everybody come on in and do your fentanyl here. Like, for, for people who are addicted, like that's insane. This it's is nuts. not something, it's no, nuts. it's not something that you can just regulate. No. It's, it's not. It, and, um, and we right. don't it's teach insane. people how to do drugs safely. You know, you don't teach people how to drink and drive safely. You don't teach them how to text and drive safely. You teach them you don't ever. Exactly. 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 Rebecca, thank you for speaking out. I have a feeling that you will be speaking out more. Yeah, there, there's one more thing I'd, I'd like to Yes, go ahead. Time. Go ahead. I am super concerned about the amount of fentanyl that's being found. Um, and the mainstream media isn't talking about this, but the government, Pentagon, has ordered um, this uh, in, injector thing that's in case of a terrorist attack with fentanyl, okay, there in 2022, 
they found they intercepted enough fentanyl to kill a quarter of the world population. They only find 10%. They only intercept 10% is what we're told, the DNA, the DEA says. So times 10, you're talking about, um, you know, two times the world's population. That was in 2022. In the first three months of 2023, they met that. So now if it stays on track and it doesn't accelerate, there would be enough, and this is just coming in in one year, not what's yep. already here, yep. enough to kill the world's population ten times over. Yeah, and and so much is in powder form. I seriously worry, and I looked this up, googled it, academics at major universities, um, medical doctors. There's there's teams discussing this, and the Pentagon have all discussed the possibility of um of a terrorist attack you know the russians used an aerosol fentanyl in 2002 when there was a um, hostage situation it killed all the perpetrators and all the hostages 130 hostages wow. okay so that technology to kill people via fentanyl has been around since at least 2002 yeah and I'm super concerned about the sheer amount that is in this country now. Yep. And we're at war and people need to be concerned because they are out to kill us. Yep. Our children and all of us. Babies are dying. They're not drug addicts. They're not experimenting. Yep. Yep. And what if they do some sort of... Um, they're talking about the possibility of using drones to spread fentanyl over cities. Like academics are talking about it, but mainstream media politicians, nobody mentions that. Like, and is, is there something the Pentagon doesn't know? They're not telling us that they're preparing for this. Mm. Is this why they're legalizing Narcan with the FDA? Like we all need to be prepared. Mm. Like we need to do something about our border. This is the supply side problem. Yeah. Um, the statistics are that drug use at, among teens is at an all-time low, yet deaths among teens are at an all-time high. Yep. I believe that. Yep. I look this stuff up every day. Every day I Google and I'm posting if people want to follow on my Facebook page. I'm posting information about it and on Instagram every day now. Is it just your name, Rebecca Kiesling, yeah. on Facebook? Yeah. Okay. I will put up a little graphic, but it's Rebecca, R-E-B-B-E-C-A-K-I-E-S-S-L-I-N-G. Yeah. And okay. I'm posting on Twitter about it and on on um, on LinkedIn. Okay. Because now I'm, I'm meeting so many other parents and I'm just yep. learning so much more. And I just feel like, you know what, I have a, look, a little bit of... Um, you know, energy kind of got a kick in the butt there. And I, and I feel like maybe I could make more of a difference. So absolutely. I think you already have. And I think with your, um, I don't know if this sounds right, but like your tendency toward activism, like you're not one to just sit back and go, Oh, this doesn't have anything to do with me. It personally had something to do with you and you're not going to sit back and let it just go by. And I appreciate that. I'm not starting a new foundation, though. There's so it's many okay. out there already. Right. You know? Yeah. But you have a voice and um, you're doing, you've done, 
something and you will continue. I know you will because it's got to be done. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you for what you do. And thank you for speaking out and yep. Thank you for educating people because that's Mm -hmm. the biggest thing we can do is to educate people on this problem. I guess, you know, one last thing again, for any parents who have lost their kids and they want to be a voice and they want to do something, because I've had parents come to me and say, I want to do what you're doing. Um, First of all, it's easy to lobby, become your own lobbyist, you know, reach out to every legislator state, reach out to Congress. There's, you know, the governmental websites that have all their contact information. Okay. You can reach out to them. You can pay them a visit. You can schedule appointments. Yep. Um, And, you know, if you have something that you want changed in your state, laws that you need changed, you know, look up the current statute, write out what you think the wording needs to be, and present it and contact every media. Let them know that you're, you're, you know, pushing for this law. Say you want a press conference, if you can get a legislator who's willing to sponsor it, you know. And then as far as testifying at the state level, because I know some other parents have done that, never read your testimony. Mm. Never read it, okay? You can write out your testimony ahead of time, give them each a copy, but you need to look them in the eyes and you need to show your emotion. Don't ever be afraid, you know, of crying, right? I mean, I ugly cried. Um, You know, you can let it out. Yeah. Right. Let it out. Um, obviously, um, by me losing it, like I did, it, it, um, I think that it, it actually did have some kind of impact. And, um, you know, maybe Benny Thompson did me a favor, did us all a favor by being such a jerk, mm. you know, and then by laughing at me, he's like, yep. We're, we're not going to go there, not a political podcast, but um, yeah. you are absolutely correct. Rebecca, thank you for talking to us today. Again, we are just so very sorry for your loss. Um, sorry that it, that has to happen to someone such as yourself or to anybody. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate you being willing to tell us the story. And yep, thank you. And anybody else, be kind to yourself. Be really kind to yourself. You matter too. Thank you for listening today. It's scary. Children are dying at an alarming rate um, from fake pills, from fake Percocet, fake Adderall, fake Xanax, even fake Tylenol. It's scary and you need to educate your kids and educate yourself. We'll be back again with another interview. You have been listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information, reach out to us on Facebook or go to www.theaddictionpodcast.com. Our email is theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com.